You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Feliz the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three call. The Rangers are going to the World Series. You are locked onto the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, Rangers writer at WFA. Joined as always by Morgan Price of LoneStarBall.com. We want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Hey, how you doing, Morgan? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good on this Memorial Day. Uh, day We actually had yesterday off, so um, thanks for, for being patient and, and not worrying too much. Hopefully you, you were all too busy um, doing whatever people do on Memorial Day, uh, memorializing um, and respecting the soldiers. Um, speaking of respecting soldiers, uh, I want to give a shout out to my brother, Bradley, Lieutenant Bradley Patrick, who is deployed with the Navy right now. Um, he has been on a boat for a long time and has not been off the boat in a while, so he's going a little bit insane. And he actually won't be able to hear this for a little while until he gets back into port and who knows how long. But shout out to all the troops out there, active and veterans. Um, we support you all and we really thank you for your service. So let's get to it and talk about some baseball. Why don't we, Morgan? I mean, I think we have to. That's part of this podcast, so I guess we'll have to cover some of the uh, not-so-great Ranger games from this weekend. Yeah, we definitely do. Um, so we're going to talk about the the weekend series with the Angels, and then after that, um, we're going to talk about the game that happened on actual Memorial Day against Seattle. And then in the second part of our show, we're going to talk about the most important thing happening in baseball right now, which is the Lonely Lonely Islands uh, Bash Brothers uh, song. Morgan just experienced it for the first time, so uh, yes. we'll we'll get that to that later on in the show. But um, that's actually definitely going to be the best part of the show. <laughs> but before we get to the good, we got to talk about the bad. And the bad was a losing weekend um, for the Rangers. It was just decidedly not good. The Rangers actually won the first game of the series, which they never do. And then they lost the second game. And instead of continuing on their undefeated streak in rubber matches, they lost for once. But, you know, it, it was kind of due. You know, they were 6-0, and and nobody's going to go undefeated in rubber matches all season, hopefully. Um, well, at least probably not this team because, they're. I mean, they're a good team, but they're not, like, go undefeated in rubber matches all season. Yeah. Anyway, let's start with with Friday. Morgan, what were your biggest takeaways from from Friday's game? Or the, um, yeah, the, yeah, Friday's game. Mostly Smiley. Smiley had a really good outing, especially since I feel like we continually talk about how his outings haven't been so great. So he uh, went six innings, which feels like he's barely gotten through five in any of his starts. So to go six was kind of surprising oh, and sure. very exciting to watch. And that's that's the thing I remember most from Friday because that feels like I know that was only like three days ago. It feels like forever ago when they won. It totally does, and it was such a weird game. It was such a weird weekend. Um, the Rangers. Yeah. It, it was a weekend full of the Rangers going down. Like Saturday night's game, 
like the the Rangers came back in the ninth and took a lead, and then they blew a save. And like, yeah, it's they've been so good at coming back from leads so far this year. Yeah. Um, like the Rangers took they scored first in on Friday's game. They scored one run um, on a chew home run, first batter of the game. Um, the Angels dropped three runs, all all coming off a of home run. So those are the only only runs that Drew Smiley gave up. They were on the second wedding inning, and then he worked <laughs> past that, and um, he did really well. The bullpen did really well behind him. And the Rangers rallied and scored one run in the sixth and two runs in the seventh. And it just felt like, I don't it just felt inevitable once they went down. It's like, okay, this offense like is so good. They're going to come back. That's just kind of what they do. And, you know, in a, in a weekend series where Joey Gallo goes hitless, not for lack of trying, the Angels pitchers were kind of terrified of him. He worked, I think, six walks and one of those was intentional on the weekend. But... You know, if they're not giving you pitches to hit, he's doing a good job and doing exactly that. It's like, well, if they don't give you a pitch to hit, then just take your walks and and do some good base running, which he did. Um, but it was kind of disappointing. It was a, this only the second blown save. Uh, we'll go ahead and go to Saturday night's game because there wasn't really that much to talk about in Friday night's yeah. game besides the excellent outing from Smiley and the good three innings from the bullpen. But um, in Saturday night's game... It was just, it was such a weird comeback, too. It wasn't like the traditional one. So the Rangers offense held scores for the first eight innings, and then they scored two runs in the ninth inning, um, in really kind of unpredictable ways. Um, yeah, but but also the, the starting pitching was was also excellent. Actually, throughout this that whole series against the Angels, that's I think that's the most surprising reason why I was like, why the Rangers lost is because they got yeah. three really good starting performances. So minor, we had Smiley do well on Friday. Minor, even though he looked a little shaky, he still pitched six innings and only allowed one run. And it was off a home run from Cole Halhoun, which is actually his first home run that he's given up against a lefty all season. But um, what else stands out to you about the, um, the Saturday night's game? I think that um, that ninth inning mostly, because I remember I mean, West Coast games, about the ninth inning is when I start to be like, eh, eighth, ninth inning, I'm like, eh, I'm going to just, you know, casually watch this. And, I mean, Rangers didn't score until the ninth. It was 1-0 game, so I was kind of like, well, this is just going to be one of those one nothing games, and we'll just move <laughs> on from it. And then I was like, okay, they're getting on base, and then they're scoring, and now they have the lead. Interesting. Maybe they'll hold on to it. Not so much, which is very disappointing because – I mean, it's always disappointing when you take a lead and then almost immediately lose it. But I think we've seen a lot throughout the season so far that the Rangers will come from behind to take games and then they keep it. Um, I feel like there hasn't been very many games where they've been losing, they come from behind, and then they just drop it. Or at least it hasn't felt that they've had that many games. But they kind of had back-to-back games similar to that. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, the ninth inning was to, it was so weird. Let's just go. I'm looking at the play by play and going by it. Logan Forsythe threw a leadoff walk, which that's always bad if you're a reliever and you give up a leadoff walk. Yeah. Um, and and Robles, that's that's who their closer is. And I hadn't seen. I'd heard something. Evan Grant tweeting something about um, Robles like having a weird intro or whatever. Um, but like apparently there's some like demon horse and there's I forgot who what music oh my it God. is. It's like a there's like a weird looking demon horse. Um, uh, Fox tweeted out a, a picture. I gotta go find it and, and 
um, and go retweet that on Locked On Rangers. By the way, little plug: if you if you aren't following us on Twitter at Locked On Rangers at Morgan Price at Bryce Patrick, um, go ahead and um, delete your account and then you know re-up your account and then and then correct your mistake <laughs> or you know just just correct your mistake. Anyway, and like there's this whole song that goes with it, and it takes forever. And on Saturday night, the home plate umpire was like not having it because he <laughs> won't even leave the pen. And he's like, "All right, get out of here! Like you can't just delay the game because you're being dramatic." No, <laughs> that's not how this worked. And I was like, "Heck, yeah. normally like I'm not about an ump demanding attention, but I was like, yes, yeah. yes, you don't get to just sit there until the part of the song you like the best comes on." <laughs> I was no, gonna say, get out I, here. I don't know if I'm more like the pitcher just wanting to be dramatic and right, wait for the right moment of the song or if I'm more like the ump, like, come on, get out here already. Like, like I kind of like it, both sides of it. Exactly. But it wasn't even just <laughs> like that he wait, like he has to wait till the perfect part of the song comes on for him to leave the bullpen and then he has to wait even more for him to start throwing his actual oh, warm-up pitches. And the ump's like... That's he, too he, much. And then like once he got out there, like, he only let him through a couple warm-up pitches. He was like, all right, no, no, no. This is, this is it. This is the only time you got like this is on you for not being warmed up like because you wanted to be a drama king just no no and i was like um i respect you yeah i like that um calling him out for it but um anyway <laughs> uh, logan Forsythe drew the leadoff walk and then as cabrera like popped out to the second baseman and the second baseman just let it drop he's like all right i gotta make sure that like i do this oh, like, yes. didn't call the infield fly rule and so yeah. he threw it and and then he's like, all right, yeah, I've got his Dribble Cabrera on base. And so what yeah, is like, okay. It's a classic Kinsler move. He used to do that a few times a year. Yeah, the thing is, like, it doesn't really matter that much because, like, he's you, they're gonna, probably they're probably not going to pinch run for Logan Forsythe, who's not, like, a fast runner, but he's, like, average speed. Yeah. Dribble Cabrera is, like, a slow guy, and they're going to pinch run for him. So, like. It doesn't really like, work in later innings when they could put in a pinch runner. It really exactly. only works. In the early times when you're like, okay, the slow runner is going to be the slow runner. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Azrubo Cabrera was stuck on first. Um, and then Danny Santana came in to pinch run. Because it's like, he had he had two different people to come off the bench. He had Rugen and Odor, basically, for like this situation of like, who's going to run? Who's going to pinch hit? Um, Danny Santana has been, his offensive numbers the last couple of weeks have been not nearly what they have been um, in the early parts of the season. So, and I think he's a little bit faster than Rugi, and he might be a little bit better of a base runner than Rugi. So I like that idea to to pinch run Danny Santana and pinch hit Rugi. So Guzman came in, and he hit an RBI double. He was just chugging it on that RBI double, and he was really chugging it on Rugi Odor's single that brought him home. Um, and so Rugi Odor ended the inning getting caught out stealing on on second base, which I I didn't love, but. You know, it's fine. He just drove in what should have been the winning run. So I forgave him for that. Um, anyway, and then Sean Kelly comes in. He gets uh, Brian Goodwin to fly out to Nomar Mazzara. And then he gives up uh, two consecutive hits. Um, one to Luis Rangifo? Luis Rangifo, I think it is. Um, I probably have the emphasis wrong, but it's fine. Um, then Cole Calhoun double him in. And, and scored him and tied the game. And that was really deflating. Then Cozart uh, lined out to Joey Gallo, which I didn't think that Joey was going to get to that. Um, and then he pinch hit uh, Jared Walsh for Dustin Garneau. And I didn't really know either of these people. There's a lot of people on the Angels that I didn't really yeah. know. Um, anyway, Jared Walsh wasn't doing all that well this season. And he just 
blooped a little little uh, pop up just just perfectly out into left field just beyond where Elvis could get it and just beyond where whoever was in left field at the time could go get it. And it was just kind of a bad luck. Okay, well, it's fine. We'll get him again tomorrow. And then tomorrow came, and Ariel Jurado had probably his best start of his career. Yeah. And also, the Rangers bullpen had the worst inning of all time. Yep. It was just terrible. Um, so Jurado came in and pitched six and a third innings. He let up just two runs, um, one home run to Mike Trout, which – you know, it happens. Gerardo's strong zone because he's a sinker pitcher is is low in the zone, and you know Mike Trout's really good at hitting anywhere, um, especially low in the zone. And then Springs came in. He faced four batters. All of them got on. And then old Dowdy Hooty was was more like Dowdy Duty um, that day. He got two. He got two outs, which was more than Springs, but he threw a couple wild pitches that allowed runners to score in route to a six run inning. The Rangers had five runs at that point. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous what happened. Um, blowing that kind of a lead. Yeah. Just the inning before, the Rangers had, uh, in the top of the sixth, this happened in the bottom of the seventh. So in the top of the sixth, the Rangers scored three. And it's just like, okay, they have a five-run lead. Surely the bullpen won't blow this. Even though they didn't have all of their top relievers there and ready to pitch, it was still okay. So they trot out Jeffrey Springs, who has done really well so far this season. Dowdy has been kind of hit and miss. And I was like, okay, well, now they're down a run. Here comes Shelby Miller. Okay. He was the only one who didn't give up a run. He was the only reliever who didn't give up a run. I was like, oh, well, okay. I guess this is what it is. And that was just really the most deflating loss of all. Yeah. You can't give up a six-run inning in the seventh when your pitcher, starting pitcher has done so well. It's just really tough to come back from that. And then there was this game in Seattle where it just felt old Tommaso, our old old friend of the pod, Tommaso, <laughs> um, was dealing today. Rangers were able to get six hits, but they only scored um, just two runs, and you know they just couldn't do much offensively, which is it felt off for this team. It's been a while. Joey Gallo had his first hit um, since the the series before the Angels, um, before they left town against where is that? Seattle, yeah. They played Seattle a week ago, and they're already back on them. But anyway, this is a tough game. Uh, they, um, Woody has decided to split up his two best pitchers because he's basically got two really good starting pitchers. But I don't know. Gerardo and Smiley's performances made me think, you know, maybe the rest of the rotation behind Lynn and Minor isn't that bad. What are your thoughts on, on splitting up your two best pitchers as opposed to going your best pitcher and then your second best pitcher and then in that order? Do you think that's a good idea or or how do you feel about it? Um, I think it's kind of interesting, especially with, you know, Miner and Lynn. They've been the most reliable. Maybe splitting them up could help. But I also I this weekend kind of gave me more hope for our starting rotation, especially with every pitcher went six innings or into the seventh. Um, so I kind of, I'm interested to see how it works. Cause I mean, I've been watching baseball for like 10 years, but I still haven't gotten down the whole, how you set up a rotation and what you're really like. I get, you put your strongest pitchers at the beginning, but in my mind, once the rotate, like after the first game of the season, I mean, your rotation, your number one guy isn't technically, it's just a full circle, so you just keep going. So 
it's I don't know. I'm interested to see how it works, especially if uh, Smiley's gonna continue to improve and go deeper into the game. And I was very impressed with Harado. I did it on first try. I'm so proud of you. And I really wish he would have gotten the win because he definitely deserved it, even though yeah. pitching wins don't matter. But pitching you know, wins don't matter and they are stupid and we should they kill are them. Very but you know, stupid. sometimes sometimes, sometimes you know, the pitcher deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Harado definitely deserved a win for what ended up being a bad start. Yeah. I feel like I don't know, I it feels because he gave up two runs, but he only gave up one run when he was actually on the mound. Right. And it feels cheap when the reliever has a crap day. And like yeah. that's that's why one of your runs scores. So technically, one of those six runs was his run, but he just allowed a single. He came out there to start the seventh, and I I wish they would have left him in longer. He was only at like ninety six pitches, and I'm like he is he still is young, but he can handle it. Yeah. Like I remember he threw a complete game. I think it was a complete game shutout. But it was on like it was under ninety pitches for Frisco this one game. I think it was it might have been even last season, and so he's really efficient with his pitches and. Uh, I mean, obviously, with what, it's it's easier to say that in hindsight, seeing the bullpen blew yeah. such a big lead. But you know, there's no guarantee they wouldn't have done that in the next inning either. So I don't know. It's it's easy to question in hindsight, but it's fine. And then today's game, Lance Lynn just didn't really have his stuff. The yeah. offense couldn't really do much. Tomaso just had it rolling. So it happens sometimes. Uh, multi-hit game for Logan Forsyth. Multi-hit game for Nomar Mazzara, who seems to be on the come up. That's exciting. It's weird when. When the guys one through three in your order um, go hitless, that was kind of a hard way to to get anything on. They also didn't walk at all. So Gallo got a single and a walk. Um, It's ridiculous how even Gallo's singles are like ridiculously hard. (laughs) Um, Last time I checked when they put up a stat sometime during the series, uh, Gallo was leading the league at exit velocity over 95.8 miles an hour on average. So. Yeah, he's hitting it hard every time, which is great. But um, we're gonna go. Ahead. Uh, do you have anything anything else before we we wrap up the regular baseball talk um, portion of of this this episode? I did want to quickly have a little uniform talk about their Memorial yes. Day. Yes, I mean they didn't really have Memorial Day uniforms. They just Memorial did Day remembrance poppies, and I really liked that. I did too. So wait. Did they actually put the red hats on on purpose or? Okay, so I was trying to figure that out because someone told me that Nadell had said that they, and I'm assuming that they is MLB because they would have to make them since they weren't just like the regular red caps. They had the Memorial Day patch on them. They sent the wrong caps to the Rangers. I'm assuming that they is the MLB because, and it made no I started to get confused because I was like, well, the Rangers don't ever wear red on the road. They're only wearing blue or gray. So why wouldn't you just automatically send blue caps? And then they tweeted the red, white, and blue with the red hat. And then the guys even had like the red sleeves and the red socks. So then I was like, was it an accident? Did they mean to do the red hats? Or is this just a good, like, they just happen to have the red socks with them and the red sleeves and it just worked out that way? Maybe. I, I'm confused. I it. It felt off. I didn't it like it. It felt very off, and I didn't like it either. It's so wrong and confusing, and I didn't. <laughs> it was disrespectful. The, the troops were disrespected there. <laughs> it looked so bizarre, and it looked like they got the wrong caps. 
It just looked like everyone was confused. I'm like, can you just go put on a red uniform or a yeah. different cap? Like, make up your mind. Like, or this is the, everything's oh, wrong. Because the poppies were they weren't a patch on the jersey. Were they pinned? It didn't I, look like a patch. I look. I have no idea. It looks. It looked different than like any other patches or things. I don't know. Maybe it was like they got like actual poppies. Because if it was Probably a not. patch, <laughs> then I could see why they didn't just go ahead and change to their gray uniform tops. Because I imagine they have those with them there. Mm-hmm. But if it's a pin, then I'm like, well, why didn't they just wear the gray unis with the red cap? That would have been less odd looking. I don't yeah. know. It's all confusing. But. <laughs> but I did like the poppies, and I'm really glad they did that. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's, 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 yeah, it's been a, a sign. Um, who was it? Dave was saying he hadn't known that. Um, but I, the only, the reason that I know that is because in in high school I was in a, a show choir, and we like the whole freshman choir, like our whole end of year performance was a patriotic show, and so we had this song called "In Flanders Fields," which was a poem written yes. in World War One. I'm sure many kids in high school read it, but if you didn't, um, it was written by this guy who was looking out into Flanders Fields, which was this big, basically graveyard, uh, like mass grave that a bunch of people died and they were buried. And so there was a bunch of poppies in that field. And so that was when the poppy became like uh, the flower, like the symbol of like remembering yeah. fallen soldiers. So in case and you didn't know, there's your history lesson for today. I knew about it because I'm like, weirdly not obsessed but like I kind of follow like the British royal family I don't know why that's royals are just like intriguing to me and it's a different thing so I just follow it but I know <laughs> like <laughs> in November like in Canada and like England and I know I think France does it too but like they have their remembrance day in November and like I believe it's like the first two weeks of November they wear poppies like every day so I knew about it from then oh, like and, veterans day on 11 yeah but they don't yeah. have I don't think they call it Veterans Day. They just call it like Remembrance Day or whatever. Yeah, because um, I think that was when um, when the treaty, um, I can't remember which the name of the treaty. Uh, uh, I know Versailles was for World War II, but I can't remember the name of the one. Yeah. It might have been the Treaty of Paris um, for World War One that ended um, the fighting of that war. Sure. And I know that's that's when that's why Veterans Day 11-11 is, that's why we celebrate it then. Well, so like Canada and England and like the UK countries, they have... Instead, instead of calling their Veterans Day, like I th- and it come, it's around the same time as our Veterans Day would be. They call it Remembrance Day, and then I know in hockey, um, the coaches, the first two weeks of November or until Remembrance Day, they they're also wearing poppies on their uh, jackets. And I don't think it's only when they're in Canada and they're playing. I can't quite remember because that was so long ago. But I remember, I remember seeing all the coaches had it on their uh, suit jackets, and I thought that was really cool that they did that so i was glad that mlb changed away from the camo to yes. this because it feels yes. more simple and it feels more like an honor i guess yeah. like they are yeah i really I like that better and if the camo feels cheap and overused yes. and um and it's like like the off like people who are in the military their uniforms are camo like we're not yes. in the military so why are we wearing camo we exactly. should wear something else yeah. it seems more like gimmicky this. rather than remembering like, and honoring yeah, yeah, I agree. I like that better. This is a really great discussion about super random yeah. things and poppies. So, you know, you never know what you're going to get when you listen to Locked on Rangers. But what you're going to get when you when you come back from this break is some of the most important thing happening in baseball. And it's right, coming right around the bend. Hey, guys, it's time to talk about sex. Good sex. 
you know, remember the days when you were always ready to go when you were a young stud and, you know, it wasn't any, any trouble getting it ready for, for your partner. Now you can increase your performance and get a little bit extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Bluechew.com. That's like the color blue and chew, like what you do. So they're here to help you out with your sex life, make things spicier, make sure you last all the way until the ninth inning, you know? Don't want to get pulled out of there with a reliever, you know? You really got to be make sure you're ready to go and just like you were back in the young days. This isn't for guys who can't perform. Any guy who wants a little bit of extra help in the bedroom, you know, this is here for you. It's a perfor- it's a legal performance enhancing drug. So, Blue Chew is prescribed online, ships straight to your door, very discreet package. No in-person doctor visits. I know that's really uncomfortable. No waiting at the pharmacy. Also super awkward. You don't want any of that. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So if this sounds like something you want, Morgan, where can the fine fellows get this stuff? You can visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code MLB. All you pay is $5 shipping, and that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com with promo code MLB to try it for free. Blue Chew's the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. All right, so I want to talk about literally the most important <laughs> thing that might have happened to baseball in the last 20 years, and I'm definitely not exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I am, but, like, I'm just so excited about it. I've watched this thing three times. It's on the um, the original thing. It's it's from Lonely Island, which is basically Andy Samberg's, like, um, I don't even know how to describe it. He writes just hilarious songs. Yeah. Uh, and it's a 30-minute, what they call a visual poem, which I didn't know was a medium, until now and like if someone had told me like six months ago hey by the way andy sandberg and some other guy and i feel really bad because i don't know his name um are going to do a 30 minute video visual poem about the bash brothers mark mcguire and jose canseco and i about with a, a rapping album i'm like that i wouldn't know how to process that <laughs> but now that i've seen it and experienced it like it's just it makes me so happy. And so I, Morgan hadn't seen it quite yet. And so literally right before we watched this, we, we hit some of the highlights and, and watched uh, three or four of the songs just so we could, we could talk about this. But so it, it, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's on Netflix. You can listen to the album, like pretty much anywhere you want to listen to albums, but um, you can only watch, watch all of it uh, on Netflix. So let's just start with in the beginning with the first song, Jose and Mark. Oh my gosh. Morgan, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Like immediately I knew like I had already had like a laugh just ready because I just knew (laughs) I was going to be busting out laughing the whole time. (laughs) And I was and it was just amazing. And like I had I swear I maybe saw like a little something on Twitter like just scrolling. I was like, oh, I'll come back and then forgot. And then you told me to watch it really like parts of it really quick. And I didn't know what to expect, but I loved it I just, <laughs> <laughs> so much. And like, I have only really paid attention to Andy Samberg from like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So it was also kind of weird because in my mind, I was like, oh my God, it's Jake Peralta playing a baseball player. Like he's undercover. And like, this is what happens. Like, that's all I was thinking about. And sometimes I don't really like that kind of humor that like they have in there. But like, I was busting out laughing through most of this. <laughs> yeah, it was so... Like, there's so many things that I love about it. Like, 
Andy Samberg is such a brilliant performer. Like he's such a goofy looking dude. And he like, he does so many different things, but like he knows, like when people see my face, like they just want to laugh because I'm ridiculous looking and I do all these things that are so ridiculous. But like the thing that's so good about this is, it's so visually appealing, like the first song, like and just the contrast that's like of Jose and he's so big and expressive and whatever. And just and I'm Mark. <laughs> like, I just want to like if my it's name so good, I want to change my name to Mark so I can just randomly go to people like and I'm Mark. I'm Mark. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want it so good. And like, it's so visually like the 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 sights, the colors. It's so expressive. Like there's like fireworks going off and he's all big. It, it's just very true to who Jose Canseco was yeah. between those two guys. Um, I don't know what they're referencing with the, with the IHOP. I feel like there's something there that I, I like didn't know about. I um, tried I to, to Google it before this, but all that comes up is this Netflix yeah. thing. So I'm sure there has to be something. Yeah. And uh, so let's go ahead on to the, the next one. There's the, the uniform on and like immediately it switches to like it looks like an MTV music video um, of what yes. I see. Uh, I mean, we were a little young to, to have that experience, but like I've gone back and, and seen a bunch <laughs> of it. And like they changed the dimension of the screen to where it's square, like back when TVs were square and and like the video cameras are like moving kind of like it looks like it was shot like an old school rap video. And which yeah. was I freaking loved that. I loved it so much. And it's only, like, a 30-minute movie, and, like, there was no, at least that I saw, no promo for it, but it is really well made. It is so well made, and they do such a good good job. And, like, the songs are also so well written. Like, this next one, uh, Oakwood Nights, like, that silk robes and kimonos will be stuck in my head for the rest (laughs) of time, and I'm so happy about that. (laughs) Normally, like, if something gets stuck in my head for that long... I mean, it's only been like, I don't know, maybe a week or so that I since I've watched it for the first time. But I'm like, every time I come, it just makes me smile. It makes me so happy of just like them and the silk robes and kimonos and them like dancing around and looking ridiculous. And like how how respectful he was when he was like, so is that what you're into? And she's like, hard pass. Like, thank you for your consideration. (laughs) (laughs) It was so perfect. And all the all the little cameos of people. That, like, I mean, I haven't watched the whole thing. I've watched little pieces of each song for the most part. But, like, even the little cameos that I spotted just made me so happy. Yeah, I mean, there's the girl from um, from uh, Broad City. And then there's um, Cece from New Girl. And I didn't notice this next one. Uh, yeah, the Bikini Babes workout was hilarious. We, we kind of cut off before the last part where it's just Andy Samberg in, like, a white robe, like, doing ridiculous faces and things. Um, and how that one was like basically like an infomercial and it was so diverse. Like there were so many different like aspects of it all. Yeah. But, um, the IHOP one, IHOP parking lot, they have it as two different songs. There's the IHOP where he was just in there and getting his Puka shell Netflix or necklace and, uh, <laughs> and, and Jerry, Gary, Gergich, Gangerich, um, yes. <laughs> from uh, Parks and Rec was there selling him his Puka shell. <laughs> Which that, as soon oh as my... it came on screen, I was so happy. Oh my god! It was so perfect. Like, oh my gosh, the sweet little Jerry selling his puka shell Netflix, and then he pulls out a switchblade because he wants his puka shell so bad. He's freaking out. And then they were just dancing in the IHOP parking lot, and I didn't realize that uh, Rosa from Brooklyn Nine Nine was in there until you pointed it out because she's like kind of on the end. But you saw it like immediately first time, and I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) because I knew I was like, someone's gonna be hidden in here somewhere. I'm gonna find them. 
gosh, it was so, and there's so many SNL. I love that about like the SNL crew from like back when I used to actually watch SNL, and now they're all going on and doing different and better things, which I appreciate them growing in their career. But I wish that, you know, usually um, SNL would like just come up with the next generation would be great, and it's just been Keenan Thompson and Friends for the last like <laughs> ten years, which I love Keenan Thompson and he's great, but you need more than just him. Yeah. Um, anyway, but I love that they're like. There's always like whenever one of those SNL people is doing something, they usually get all their friends and, and they yeah. all come on and, and do ridiculous things, which this was horribly ridiculous. And I loved it so much. Like when they were saying shake four halves of butt. And I was like, wait, what? And it's like, that's phrase weird. And the, like the very next sentence is like, it's not phrased weird at all. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like so it's like the best thing to watch if you just want a good laugh or be instantly put in a good mood. Like, yes. it's going to be my new go-to of, like, I just need to watch something dumb but funny, but, like, also really good. Like, it's very dumb, but it is also very well filmed and produced, and, like, it's just a good just, I'm going to watch this and just relax and have fun. Like, I've watched it probably five times now. It, like, it, it has been, like, a week. It makes my heart so happy. Like, yeah. <laughs> whenever I get done editing this, I'm going to go back and watch it again because it makes me so happy. Oh, God bless you, Andy Samberg. This is such a delight. Yeah. They call it the um, the unauthorized Bash... It, um, Lonely Island's unauthorized Bash Brothers experience. And it also taught me a little bit more about um, Oakland. Like, I didn't realize that those teams were so good. And I kind of went back on baseball reference um, and I kind of want to save this for tomorrow because we've already been talking a long time, but I didn't realize <laughs> like that Oakland was the team in that world series with a Kirk Gibson home run. I didn't realize that at all. Oh, yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. either. Yep. Yeah. And they won, the Dodgers won four to one. And I also love that they had Vin Scully's actual call in there. Yeah. Uh, miss you Vin Scully. Hope you're enjoying your retirement. You're a freaking legend. And I miss, like, randomly having MLB TV. Like, at those last couple of years, like, I'd always flip on Dodger teams randomly because I'm like, I just want to hear Vince Scully. Like, I don't care who they're playing. I don't care what the score is. I just yeah. want to listen to Vince Scully for hours and hours and hours. And, oh, It was very disappointing when, like, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, literally every – there was, like, three or four nights in a row where I turned to MLB Network and it was a Dodgers game and then it's not Vince Scully anymore. It's – it's so disappointing still it is it is like i i love quentin kershaw he grew up in highland park and he like he went to my church my mom and his uh, mother-in-law are actually friends because his wife grew up in our church and so they both got married there um and so i'm just a huge quentin kershaw guy so i like every chance i got yeah i'd turn on mlb tv and watch vince scully talk about a good quentin kershaw game and now vince Clayton Kershaw isn't quite as good as he was, and Vince Scully's not there. So, you know, take things, don't take things for granted. Um, hug your kids, watch Vince Scully while he's there. Um, enjoy things that are good while they are good. Don't postpone joy. And don't, don't postpone watching stupid, ridiculous Netflix thing <laughs> with Andy Samberg because you never know how long they'll be on Netflix. Hopefully forever. Um, hopefully. Hopefully forever, since it was an original Netflix thing. So, I don't know. We've been talking a long time, and but I feel like we had we had a lot of important things to get to, and, yes. and I could spend like days just <laughs> dice. Like I swear, we could spend like an entire podcast just like on like each one of these songs. I swear, thirty minutes at least. 
because we are obviously very passionate about it and yes. I, it's a very well produced thing um but for now we'll we'll, we'll probably this will probably come up um a lot more in the future just because uh when morgan finally watches it all she might have more more thoughts and, yeah, and comments and feelings sure. to, to share um or we might just like spend like a week in the off season just going through this because i'm probably i'm pretty sure that i'll still be watching it occasionally even oh, like six months from now we'll be referencing it during every oakland series for at least the rest <laughs> of the season <laughs> oakland nights oh my gosh mm. it's definitely it's definitely <laughs> happening Ugh, man, the Rangers, they just can't, they can't get on their silk robes and kimonos on these Oakland nights, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited for the possibilities. Thank you so much, Andy Sandberg. Um, And thanks you, thanks you guys, if y'all are still here listening to like 40 minutes of a allegedly 15 minute podcast and talking about a visual poem on Netflix, you know. Only our day ones are still here. (laughs) Or those who appreciate good art, which... Um, is podcasting art? I don't know. That's a discussion for another day. We can <laughs> go another 30 minutes just talking about that. We might save that for tomorrow um, or whatever it comes back into our heads. Um, but thank you for listening and subscribing. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Himalaya, which is the official podcast app of the Locked On Network. It's really free and easy to use. And it, you can like curate your timeline. It's got all kinds of cool features, um, and it's really good at suggesting new podcasts. Um, hopefully, most of those podcasts are just locked on Rangers like 18 times in a row. But um, yeah, you can make a playlist on it. Just all of the locked on Rangers episodes you want, just going in a row, in a row, in a row. And you know, we really appreciate you listening to the podcast all the time. Um, whether you listen to it six times a day or just once or once a week, you know, any listens help. I'm Bryce Patrick. I'm Morgan Price. And hashtag together we pod.